It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources on KSL News Radio. I've always uh, been interested ever since we first started talking about really enhancing and building tracks, building front runner, really enhancing the uh, mass transit system throughout the state of Utah, but especially here, of course, along the Wasatch Front. And it's been an interesting evolution. And I can recall multiple combinations, uh, conversations rather, with then mayor of Provo, Utah, John Curtis, now our fourth, uh, third district congressman, and of course, UTA about the Utah Valley Express, the UVX. And uh, it was a little controversial at times. People were either for it or again it. But now the proof seems to be in the pudding. Uh, as I was reading uh, an article, the UVX basically is uh, really averaging some incredible boardings each and every day. 14,600 was the number that I saw. And that actually surpasses... The I think it's the green line, the uh, line that goes from downtown Salt Lake City out to the airport. And I thought, well, hey, we need to talk about this. And we're delighted to have Carl Arkey joining us from UTA. Carl, it's been a while since we've chatted. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, Doug. Uh, I'm I'm reminded of Godfather 3 when Al Pacino says, just when you thought you were out, they pulled you back in. I'm glad to hear you on the air again. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a temporary excursion here with a little bit of an open end for a while, but it it is fun to be back, and people have been very very kind. Hey, let's talk about this uh, UVX. I remember when it was kind of on the drawing board and it was being discussed, and everybody was uh, rumbling about it down in Utah County. Boy, this thing appears to just be doing great. Tell us about it. Oh, it's a big success. People love it, and we know this because they're using it. I mean, you cited the number just a moment ago, 14,000 boardings on average a day. And and keep in mind, it's just been operating a little over a year. And that's an average that includes the summertime when it drops off a little bit. So I think the numbers speak for themselves. We had 16,000 people on the day of the Utah-BYU game using UVX to get to the stadium. Now, is that about... Would that be about a quarter of the crowd of Lavelle Edwards Stadium? You know, it's what what is it, sixty thousand some odd that would 60, be there? So, yeah, sixty thousand some odd seats, and so yeah, um, I think that's fantastic, and it, and it really punched me up, and it gets everybody at UTA excited to see people are using this, and and we've found a way to make it. Uh, appealing to students, and not just the students, but also members of the community. I was trying to, uh, when, I, when I would talk with Mayor Curtis at that time and others from UTA, I, I was trying to kind of envision how it would work, and uh, some of you have called it kind of a tracks on, on wheels that actually operates on the, the highway. That seems to not uh-huh. be a bad description. 
No, it is. We, we, we talk about it all the time. It is tracks on rubber wheels, and that makes it less expensive to build. I mean, it's let's, let's not kid ourselves. It's an expensive proposition, but it's far less expensive than trying to put down steel tracks and doing all of those types of things and, and, and buying the equipment that we need to, to move people around uh, using that kind of a system. So it's much more, uh, it's cost-effective, and it's gotten to the point, Doug, where other communities are really now coming to UTA and saying, hey, is this a possibility in our community? And obviously, uh, we're well underway in, in, into uh, the process with the folks up in Ogden and uh, Weber County. Interesting. How does this compare? Because I'm, I'm much more familiar with the system that kind of goes up 3500 south by Valley Fair Mall and so on. Right. Some of Is it a similar concept? Similar, but this is even more advanced because it really is the, the designated lanes and using signal priority, which I think is very cool. Uh, and that's and we've got to t- give a tip of the cap to the folks at UDOT who have really developed that. We've been working with them on that, obviously because it helps out our buses. But the technology now exists that a bus can send a signal ahead to the traffic signal uh, at an intersection. Now, it won't happen all the time, but if it's possible for that signal to turn to green to allow that bus to continue going on through the intersection without stopping, that just speeds things up all the more and makes it uh, a a better customer experience. So there's all kinds of technology that's at play here. There's a designated lane uh, that cars are not supposed to be in, at least not supposed to be, and uh, (laughs) with the signal priority. And with the frequency, I mean, we're using these bigger articulated buses um, during peak hours. We're coming every six minutes. So if you're a student at UVU or BYU or you're someone in the community down there, you really don't need a schedule. You can yeah. you can basically show up at the bus stop and know that sometime in the next six minutes, it may be one minute, it may be five minutes, but a bus is coming. I try to imagine, and I I include this in almost every conversation about mass transit here along the Wasatch Front, I I try to imagine where we would be today. You know, you talk about a BYU game. I mean, imagine with one quarter of the people coming in on mass transit now versus in individual cars and, and so on. I try to imagine where we'd be along the Wasatch Front had we not taken some of those initial steps of tracks back in the day and then to front runner and then some of the mm-hmm. very things we're talking about today. I, I just can't imagine what kind of gridlock we'd be in today. And those are visionaries, Doug, who went against the grain 25 some odd years ago when it had been voted down. Uh, the voters did not uh, approve of tracks, and yet, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, the people who were working at UTA at the time went ahead, found the money, and went ahead and acquired the the right of way and the alignment for the tracks. And where would we be if those folks had not done that? How could we afford that land now? Would that land even be available? Um, I, I think we're really blessed to have the system that we have here. Is it perfect? No. Are we working on it? Yeah, every day. And, you know, if you look at a, say you look at a community like Boise, which I love. I love Boise, Idaho. Uh, and they're growing like, like wildfire out there. But their infrastructure is really, really behind. And I don't know what they're going to do to handle. I mean, if you, if you go down some of those streets in Meridian, Idaho, at 1030 in the morning, and these are not highways. They're bumper to bumper. Yeah. They are just congested. And, and we have our congestion, but it would be much worse if we didn't have what we have. 
Boy, absolutely. Uh, for just a moment, uh, there have been musings over the years, and recently, I think it was in the Salt Lake Tribune, some musings. Hey, you know, 14% of the actual cost of the mass transportation comes from the fares and the passes mm-hmm. and so on. Let's just make it free. Now, hey, I love free, but nothing's ever really free. <laughs> d- d- yeah, no. Taxes, fees, things like that. Would that work? Is that being contemplated in any fashion? You know, that that's probably above my pay grade, but uh, I think that would go all the way up to the legislature. And, yeah. you know, I, I think I think the, the, the people, the powers that be would have to look at that and say, okay, why, you know, and I, I know that there was, uh, I think it was Mr. Pyle who had a, an editorial in the Tribune yesterday suggesting that we go with free fare everywhere. And let's be honest, UVX is success down in Orem and Provo. A lot of it has to do with the fact that it is free. There's yeah. no question about that. So, People do respond. They respond in our free fair days when we have red alert days. And and we've got seven days, I believe, budgeted for this winter. So that's probably worth a serious discussion. The question is always comes back to what you just said. How do we pay for it? You've still got to pay to operate the system, and there is a cost associated with that. And so uh, are the taxpayers willing to to, uh, kick in some more money, or is it a a question of going to the federal government? Um, How do we do that? And I'm not sure how that happens. I'm going to leave that to the people above me. (laughs) Exactly. And, you know, Carl, I've only got a couple of seconds, and I always save the toughest and the most important question for the very, very end. But uh, how are we going on that uh, tracks extension? up to Eureka. We are working night and day. We've got planners working around the clock 24 hours a day trying to figure out how we get that down to your house. Any day now, Doug. Any day. Any day. I'm counting on it. Carl Arkey, thank you for joining us from UTA. Great to hear you. Good to hear. Good to hear from you. Thank you for joining us on the program. All right. Coming up in our next half hour, before we uh, hit the end of the program, make way for Jeff Kaplan. Uh, we are going to uh, dig into the texts, the various messages that we have received on a myriad of topics today. So stay with us. More to come here on Inside Sources. Thank you for joining us today.